This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Look in your uh, word with me. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to begin to look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. For just as uh, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Underline that. So we see it overflows to us. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. Now look at verse seven, powerful verse. And our hope for you is firm because we know, underline that, that just as you share in our suffering, so also we share in, or you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about the hardships we suffered in the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure. Look here, far beyond far beyond our ability to endure so that we so that we despaired even to life indeed in our hearts we felt the sentence of death but this happened that we may not rely on ourselves but on God who rules and raises the dead he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and the and he will deliver us on him we have our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Look at verse 11, our last verse. As you, uh, as you hope, uh, as you hope, um, as you hope uh, by your prayers and us, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Can we say amen to the reading of God's word? As we look into the life of Paul today, I believe that Paul shows us one who endured under incredible odds. I mean, Paul was one that just would not quit. I mean, he had this resilience that kept going and kept pushing. I mean, he went through more than many could even endure and he went through enough to make anybody want to give up and yet he would not give up. What kept pushing Paul is really found in verse seven. If you look back there, he says, and our hope for you is firm because we know. Now that's important because we know. No, and I want you to underline that because we know. You see, what you know is so important. What you know is what's gonna get you through. What you know is, is gonna give you discernment. It's gonna give you peace. It's gonna help you to, to, to begin to walk forward in a grace that comes from the Lord. You know, when you know what you know and you stand upon what you know, it enables
enables you to keep from being vulnerable to the circumstances of the moment and not getting uh, and not becoming victimized by false teachings or the things that are happening all around you. It really protects you from error. Look again at verse eight for me. Here in verse eight, he says, we do not want you to be uninformed about the hardships we suffered in the providence of Asia. In fact, he goes on to say that, um, that about these hardships in Asia, we were under great pressure. Now this hit me. This is the apostle Paul writing. He says, I was under great pressure beyond, look here, our ability, my ability to even endure that I despaired even to life. I mean, here's the apostle Paul saying, I was under this weight and it was a heavy weight. It was a pressure. There was something that was pushing me down. He says, but I didn't give up. I kept pressing. In fact, if you look there in verse eight and and in verse nine, he says, we don't want you to be uninformed. This is what we did. Our hearts felt this death sentence. And yet we knew that we had a hope and that hope was in the Lord. There's another verse I want to read to you. It's a few chapters later, 2 Corinthians chapter four. And if you turn over there, uh, or click over to chapter four, and I want to read to you verse eight and verse nine. Paul continues this, same book. He's writing to the church of Corinth, and as he's writing, a few chapters later, so it's one letter, he picks this theme up one more time. And look in verse eight, he says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, we are pressed on every side, by what? By troubles, but we are not, say it with me, crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I mean, when I look at this in the life of Paul, he says four things there of the hardship and what he was going through that is so important. He says, first of all, I was hard pressed. I mean, that hard pressed means that you're squeezing something, kind of like an orange that goes through a squeezing machine to get the juice. He says, I was hard pressed. I was squeezed. And, and it's this idea of one just under so much pressure that you don't even know if you can hold up. He says, that's what it was like for us. We were hard pressed. He says, we were perplexed. Now, perplexed has a different meaning. Perplexed means someone's doubting. And boy, man, we've got so many questions running through our mind right now. And that's what Paul was saying is we were perplexed. We were wondering, we were questioning what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening right now in this moment. But Paul says that, that it was like this pressure was on me. I mean, we're, we're being stretched to the limit and yet we didn't snap. I mean, I love the imagery there. He says, we were persecuted. We were persecuted. I mean, it's this idea of being uh, opposed and, and someone that's isolated or slandered or neglected. He says, that's what it was like for us. And then he uses that last analogy of one that is struck down. It's the idea of a boxer that gets knocked down. He says, we were knocked down, but we were not destroyed, meaning we didn't die, we didn't perish, we stood strong. Now today, what I want to share with you today is what was it that motivated Paul to keep going, to enable him to keep pressing on and persevering and moving forward? 
three simple things that I want you to hold on to as to what it was that motivated Paul, and I believe it can motivate you and I. First of all, Paul had God's peace. I want you to write that down. He had the peace of God in his heart and in his life. You see, when life doesn't make sense, when, when there are so many things that are happening around us like right now, the reality is there is a peace that can come into our hearts and into our spirit that leads us through. We might be pressed, we might be persecuted, we might be knocked down, but boy, Paul shows us that it's not going to lead to death, it's not gonna destroy us, that there's a strength that comes and it's a peace that comes into our heart. Go back up to point, uh, up to, uh, um, uh, uh, verse three in our passage, 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse three. I had you over in chapter four. Go back to chapter uh, one again. In verse three, he says, praise be to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God, here it is, of all comfort. I mean, it's this idea that, that God comes all alongside of you. The, the Holy Spirit is there to, to support you. He's there to, to relieve this pressure that may be on you. He is the God of all comfort. How did Paul have this peace? As he knew that God was there. God was walking with him. It's a father that loves us, has compassion on us, and gives us comfort. Now, wherever you're at, I just need you to, in your heart for a moment, to say, yes, God, I receive it. I know that I'm gonna receive help from you and strength from you, and peace comes from God. How could Paul, how could Paul have this kind of peace with everything that was happening in Paul's life? If you study Paul, you know that he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he uh, was out in the ocean. I mean, imagine that. You're on a cruise ship and something happens and you're out in the ocean. He said, for a whole day and a whole night, I was beaten with rods, the bandits and all that happened. I mean, he walked through everything that he went through. And what was it that could give him a peace that would keep him motivated? motivated not to give up and keep pressing on? Well, I'll tell you what it was, is Paul knew the promises of God. And one of the greatest promises, we touched a little bit on it uh, last week, but I want you to hold on to it again today. And that is the great promise of God's presence. God's presence, he knew, was with him. You see, Paul knew that God was watching over him. He knew, he knew in his heart, there was an assurance in his heart that God's peace was with him. I want to take you to another passage of scripture. If you will, look with me in Romans 15 and verse 13. You can look at your outlines or clicking your devices over there. And, 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 and it says here, now Paul is the writer of Romans. And so Paul is writing this and he says, may God, the source of hope, fill you, fill you with what? Fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you'll overflow with hope hope. You see, Paul knew, he had, this, he had this sense of assurance in his spirit of a promise of God, and that promise is that God was with him. God's presence was with him. Now, how did he know that? Well, Paul was a student of the word, and he knew one of the names of God was Jehovah Shahama. Jehovah Shahama means God is always there. Now, wherever you're at, could you just say that out loud? God is always there. Paul knew that. 
He knew that God was there. The presence of God was with him. And so there was a peace that was in his heart. You see, he had studied scripture. He knew the Old Testament. He was a student of it. And in Isaiah chapter uh, 41 and verse, uh, 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 chapter 41 and verse 10, it says in Isaiah, don't be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Don't be discouraged. Why? For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You see, when you know this in your heart, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what's happening all around us, when you know this in your heart, there is a, there is a peace that passes all understanding. Why? Because God is saying, and it's something we have deep in our spirit, I'm with you. I'm strengthening you. I will help you. I will make you victorious. And I love it. I will hold you up. You will not drown. I will hold you up. Yes, we may be devastated. Yes, things may happen around us that are devastating, but you are not destroyed. You've got God's presence and God's power, and therefore there is a peace that gets into your heart. Chapter 1 of uh, 1 Corinthians Chapter one of 1 Corinthians, a few verses down. I wanna go down a few verses, down to verse 21. And I wanna pick up again where Paul continues. We've been looking at it. And this is what he says. He says, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. Now, if you're with somebody watching this right now, I want you just to kind of nudge them. Maybe you got to elbow them right now. I don't know. But just nudge them and say, stand firm. God is with you. God will enable you to stand firm. Look here, for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing, I love this, his Holy Spirit in our heart. How can I stand firm? Is I've got God's presence, his spirit is in me. The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And man, what an imagery right now. You're not in a temple worshiping God, but you're worshiping God somewhere and you can have the same assurance that God's spirit and God's presence is with you. He's in your heart. He's there and he's strengthening you. Now that can give us a cause to say amen. Paul knew that. He knew God's presence was watching over him. He had God's peace. So what will keep you going? What will keep you moving forward? You can say it with me. God's peace. <laughs> come on, come on. Say it with me wherever you're at. God's peace can keep me going. Secondly, I want you to write it down. What motivated Paul to keep moving was the joy of the Lord. Now, peace is different than joy. It's the joy of the Lord. The peace of God is a, is a mental calmness. It's a, a serenity. It's a, a peace of mind. There's freedom from disturbance. So things around us may not be peaceful, but in it, I can have the peace of God. I can have that in my life. Joy, however, is a little bit different. The joy of the Lord is a feeling of great pleasure 
and happiness. Joy is a, a, a pleasure and it's, and it's happiness. And so when we're talking about the joy of the Lord and joy in the Lord, there's pleasure. Hear this, don't miss it. There's pleasure in God. You see, we don't find pleasure just being in the temple, just being in the house of God or in the sanctuary. No, no, no. There is joy in the Lord when we're in the presence of God. And man, right now we need that reminder more than ever. When everything around us is broken, when the earth is broken, we can have joy. My joy is not dependent on the happenstances and the circumstances of life, but my joy is in the Lord. Now, I want to show this to you in Romans. Romans chapter 5. Now, Paul is the writer again of Romans, so we're still looking at Paul's writings. And this is what he says. He says, we can have joy even in our troubles. Why? Because we know. What you know again is so important. We can have joy because of what we know, that these troubles produce endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God has poured his love and he poured it and filled it into our hearts. And what I love about this imagery here is Paul is showing us that we are under the care of God. That is that you're under the watchful eye of God. I want to remind you again that God hasn't created the universe and just spun it off. It's not that he's uninvolved or unconcerned. He is intimately involved in your life, what you're going through, where you're at, what you're feeling. He's right there right now. But here he says to us, and boy, this is a reminder because sometimes we want everything to be peaceful. We want everything to, to be calm. We want everything to be in order. And here he says, you can't develop, boy, this is good. You can't develop persistence or endurance without problems. You see what problems do what, 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 what pressures do when we, when we get people around our lives that, that, that creates some tension. I like to call them EGRs, extra grace required in my life. You know, it requires a little extra grace. And God told me one time that, 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 that there are individuals in my life that I consider EGRs, but that I'm an EGR for somebody else. And I was like, no, not me, God. And, and it, yeah, you're somebody's EGR, just as somebody's in your life's an EGR. And, and why is that important? is because without that, we don't develop the character and we're not developing and the endurance and the persistence that we need in our life without problems. Problems will not enable us. They, uh, with, when these problems come, it will not enable us to be truly what God wants us to be. And let's face it, problems are inevitable. They're going to come. Sometimes they come for a short season. Sometimes it's a long season. They come in many different levels of intensity, but they're going to come. Nobody has escaped from problems. And when life doesn't make sense, when we're under pain and suffering and struggle, 
struggles and trials. What Paul is saying here is these trials, these pressures, when you're perplexed, when you're struck down, when you're distraught like this, what he's saying is it's developing you. So what motivated Paul, what enabled him to find joy in his life was that he knew that God had a greater purpose. He understood the promise that he could hold on to was God's ultimate purpose. And I want you to write that in your notes. God's purpose was Paul's greatest passion. The purpose of God and fulfilling the mission of God was something that pressed him and moved him forward. Let me show you another scripture. Romans chapter 8. In verse 28, this is a great scripture. We quote it many times. And this is what he says. Again, he starts, but we know. What kept Paul motivated was there were some things that he knew. Why am I sharing this with you today is because you got to know. There's some things that you've got to hold on to and you've got to know in your spirit if you're going to endure the, the, the pressures and the circumstances and the situations that we find ourselves in sometimes. But we know. We know what? That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his what? That's right, his purpose. Now, he's not saying all things are good, that all things that happen are good. No, what he's saying is that all things, God is going to work his purpose, his divine will, his plan, his purpose. He's working that. Even if there's not good that's happening, circumstances and turmoils around me, God has a higher plan. There's a purpose that God's wanting to work and Paul knew it. We know this and we we can hold on to it. Now, I just want you to hear me for a moment. I want you to grab this, is that God has a greater plan and that's at work right now in your life. It's at work right now in the world around us. You may not see it. You may not understand it. Others may not see it or understand it, but God's going to reveal it. When you're in pressure, when you're perplexed, when you're down, downcast and, and struck down, I just want you to hold on to a promise that God has a plan, God has a purpose, and when we begin to pray, God, reveal it, align me to it, help me to walk in it, God will begin to show you what his plan and his purpose is in your life. Paul's joy was not based on his circumstances, but it was based in who he knew God was and he based it in the understanding that God had a greater plan and a greater purpose. Again, maybe in your small group, if you're with a group of others today, you can, can, uh, can review some of the, the problems that Paul faced and some of the circumstances that he went through. And even though all these things were happening around him, he did not lose perspective. Now, before I give you the third motivation, I learned a long time ago, what you focus on is what grows. What you put your eyes on, where you put your thoughts, that's what grows and, and becomes the focus of your life. So if you're looking at your problems, you're looking at your circumstances, you're looking at what's happening, you're gonna lose perspective of God's purpose. Your problem's gonna get bigger and bigger and be a weight that's pushing you down and, and, and making you feel like you're going to be crushed. I mean, remember Paul said, I mean, we felt despair to the point of death. I mean, that's the apostle Paul. First of all, 
If you felt that way, you're not alone. The apostle Paul, who wrote two thirds of this word that we're studying today, the life, the character we're looking at today, said we were distraught to the point of death. But what motivated him to keep going is there was something that he knew. And you don't lose perspective when you know who God is and that God is with you, God's presence is with you and that God has a higher purpose in your life. And when you begin to focus on that, you don't lose sight of God. You don't look just at the problem because if you do, you look at that problem, you look at this virus and all that's happening around, it's gonna dominate your mind. It's gonna dominate your heart. It's gonna grab you and paralyze your spirit but if you'll flip it and I look to look and I'm hoping to look into this with us next week if you'll flip it and begin to trust God and next week I want to look at what does it really mean to trust God how do you trust God but when you begin to trust God God gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the problem gets smaller and smaller and smaller but too many and even believers are focusing on the problem and the problem is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's a weight that's crushing them and God is getting in their perspective smaller and smaller and smaller because they've lost perspective. Paul says there was a higher purpose and it was God's will. The third thing I want you to write down is what motivated Paul to keep going was the hope of eternity. Say that with me wherever you're at, just the hope of eternity. You see, Paul knew that there was more to the story. Paul knew that this is not the end. Paul knew that there's more and he understood that and it was a motivation in his heart. Second Corinthians, let me take you back. Paul's the writer, second Corinthians. I'm gonna take you over to chapter four, chapter four and in verse eight, I read a little while ago, so I'm not gonna uh, read all through it again, but in verse eight, if you remember here, he says that, that we were pressed on every side, troubles crushed, uh, perplexed, uh, but we were not driven to despair, hunted down, and yet we never abandoned, we were never abandoned by God. But where I really want you to look now, go down a few more verses, down to verse 14. Look at verse 14. Down in verse 14, he says, we know, there it is again, we know. We know what? We know that God. You see, what you know matters. And that's what I'm wanting you to receive today is there are some truths that you've got to know in your spirit. And when they get in your spirit, man, you see things completely different. Paul says, we know. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. He goes on to say all of this is for your benefit and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. I love it. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. And we can say amen. For our present troubles are small and they won't last very, uh, very long, yet they produce, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. In the last verse, so that we don't look at the troubles that we see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see, say it with me, will last forever that's right I mean here he gives this this analogy this metaphor of a scale 
And, and the idea here is on one side of the scale is all of our afflictions, all of our troubles, all of our hardships, everything that he's mentioned. But on the other side of the scale is eternal glory with God. Many are feeling heavy when they look at all of their afflictions. But he says, listen, it's momentary. It's temporary. It's not much when you look at the other side of the scale and you see the eternal glory of God. That way is nothing. Why? Because he says that we fix our gaze and I love it. In fact, that's one thing we're going to look a little bit more at next week is that trusting God, fixing your gaze on the Lord. Because when you do, in fact, the last part of this verse, I love it, for the things that we see now, the four things that we see now, the four the things that we see now will soon be gone. And, and, and he says, hey, will be gone. But the things that we cannot see will what will last forever. Man, it is so, so powerful. And it's just a reminder of where we put our focus, where we put our eyes and where we put our attention. So here, Paul can have this because there was a promise, promise. He can have this kind of motivation because the promise for him was that he knew God had prepared a place for him, that there was a place prepared and that was where he was putting his attention and his focus, the eternal glory and all that was there. You know, the reality is we don't talk much about heaven. When I grew up in the church, we talked about heaven and hell all the time. We sang about it. I mean, it was something that was always in our heart. There was this, we call it the blessed hope, the, the hope of glory that one day we were going to be with him. And heaven is a beautiful place. It's a, a place that scripture describes for us and the beauty of what heaven is going to be like. You see, Paul had this promise that God was preparing a place, that this is not the end. The story is not finished. And when this story is done, the scale of all of the afflictions and all the weight and all the trouble are nothing compared to the eternal glory of being with him forever and ever. Let me share with you in the final moments here, just a couple thoughts about what heaven will be like. I want to take a couple minutes and, and just share this with you in our, in our final moments together. Revelations 21 and verse 4 is where I want to read. And here, John is writing and he's talking about what heaven will be like and the revelation that he had. And he says, then God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain uh, for the old order of things will pass away. And man, he begins to break that down. He says, there's no more death. There's no aging. There's no killing. There's no war. I mean, I've done more funerals than I can think. There'll be no more funerals. There'll be no more funerals. When we get to heaven, there's no more death and if you've lost a loved one I mean that's something that you can know in your heart is that one day you're going to see your loved one again and when we're there in glory no more pain no more sorrow no more brokenness no more disappointment and for me one of the greatest things is no more guilt no more regret, no more wishing it was different. I would have done this or I would have done that. I mean, in glory, in heaven, there's no more sorrow. There's no abuse. There's no accidents and there's no disease. There's, there's none of these things when we get into heaven. Well, that is what motivated Paul. That's what kept Paul going. Now, in the practical aspect of these last few moments of the message, I want to encourage you. This is what Paul did. But how do you, 
sitting right where you are, listening to me right, right now, how do, how do you receive God's sustaining grace to keep you going? Well, first of all, I wanna encourage you, cry out for God's help. Let God know your anxious thoughts, let him know what you're walking through. Let him know what you're experiencing. Let him know the pain that's there. The Bible tells us in James chapter four, James chapter four, verse six. And in, in verse eight, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Who gets grace is the humble. Those that are humble, they cry out, they admit, they understand that God will hear them and they recognize that and they cry out to the Lord. And it goes on, come near to God and he will come near to you. When you're humble and you draw near to God, God is there, God will come. When you pray, when you seek God, when you're honest with God, when you cry out to God, God is there for you. Secondly, we can understand that what'll motivate us and keep us going is when you fill your mind with God's word. When we get into the word of God, what happens is we begin to learn more about who God is and we begin to get strengthened in our spirit. And when our spirit gets strong, so does our soul, it gets strong and we can stand with assurance like Paul and we can say, we know, we know, we know. It's what you know that will push you through. Let me show you this verse, Psalms 119 verse 25. I am completely discouraged. I lie in the dust. Now that's some discouragement. This individual, the psalmist, is so discouraged that they have collapsed on the ground. And in their discouragement, he says, revive me by your word. You see, the word of God, when it gets into our heart, it fills your mind, it strengthens you, and it revives you. And thirdly, what will motivate, what will encourage you, what will keep you moving forward is when you learn to encourage one another, that you don't walk alone, that you, you journey with one another. And if you're watching uh, this message right now in a watch party with others, I just wanna say thank you. I applaud you for being in spiritual community. Yes, there's got to be right now some social isolation so that we don't get uh, uh, around those that might have the virus, but that doesn't mean that there should be spiritual isolation. And even though you may not be with others right now physically, Stay connected spiritually. Walk together. Encourage one another. Uh, uh, pray for one another. Be there to help one another. Now, in our final moments, I just want to pray for you, and I want to pray that God will strengthen you. Here we are in these, these days, and there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of confusion, so many people that, that are walking discouraged right now. There's many in our church right now that their hours are being reduced. Right now, they've been laid off. There's some that are wondering what they're going to do when it comes to child care, and they still want to work, but, but, but they don't have anybody to watch the children. So many things right now that I just want to pray for you in these moments. So wherever you are, if you're able to do it, I want you to bow your heads with me and I want to pray and I'm going to ask God to touch you. You see, I'm going to pray that you don't give up, that you're not standing in fear, that you're not going to be paralyzed by the circumstances and the situations around. But in your spirit, out of this message today, there's gonna to be some truths that you know and you're gonna stand on them. You're not gonna give in, but you're gonna stand strong, stand firm in Jesus Christ. So I wanna just pray for you. Father, right now, 
As we come to the end of this message, I just pray for those that are struggling, that are struggling with discouragement and guilt, those that are walking through depression, they're walking maybe even through some financial uh, uh, pressures and conflict. I just pray, God, that you are going to encourage them, you're going to strengthen them. Maybe some are dealing with some situations that are completely out of their control. Maybe they've got a report from the doctor that's devastating to them or their family right now. But God, I pray right where they are that you will touch them. Give them peace, oh God. As we saw in our word today, I pray, God, that there will be such a peace that comes into their heart that they will know that your presence is with them, that there would be a joy no matter what's happening around them. Their joy is in the Lord, not in circumstances, not in the happenstances of their life, but it's in the Lord because they know God has a greater purpose purpose and they've got their eyes on God's greater goals, on your goals in their life. And that God, we will hold on. We will hold on knowing that there is a hope and that hope, the blessed hope, the glorious hope that you have gone to prepare a place. And one day you're coming, you're going to receive us unto yourself. And when you do, we will be with you for all of eternity in the presence of God in heaven around the throne, worshiping you. And for that, we thank you and we glorify you. And in these last moments of my prayer, I pray, God, if there's anyone that is listening to me right now that has not given their life to you, have not surrendered their life to you, I pray, God, that they'll take a few moments and they'll cry out to you. They'll ask you to forgive them, to come into their heart, that, God, there'll be a determination in their life to begin to follow you, to fill their mind with your word, to get connected with other believers and to begin to be what you want them to be but it all starts with the confession of faith and that confession of faith is saying God I need you in my life God I I need to sense the peace of God I need a joy because this world has not given me this joy that fills the innermost parts of my being I need joy I need peace and today God I look to you for that love that joy and that peace so father God I ask you to fill me with your peace. Touch my heart. And today I recognize that the only way that I can be saved is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for me, that you died on a cross for my sin. And I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I call on you today to be my savior. And I ask you to teach me how to be a follower, to make you my Lord. I pray this with everyone right now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, if you prayed with me right now, first of all, I want you to know the Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing because you prayed that prayer of salvation. We want to walk with you wherever you are, wherever you live. We want to touch base with you. And we can do that if you'll just text us, text this number that you're going to see and text the word salvation. Now, why would you do it? Two reasons. First of all, I guarantee you, we're going to be praying for you. We're going to cover you. We're going to, the Bible says it's a hedge of protection. We're going to pray around you. We're going to be praying God's peace, God's favor, the joy of the Lord. We're going to be praying God will reveal himself to you in a deeper and a more intimate way. 
The second reason that I ask you to text me and let me know that you prayed this prayer with me is I have a few things that I wanna, I just wanna text you back. I wanna, I wanna touch base with you that'll help you to grow, that'll show you what to do to be what God wants you to be. I'm so thankful that you were with me today. I hope that you'll tune in with us again as we continue to study God's word. God bless you. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.